Welcome to Love Lift Life podcast. I'm your host, Yuko Kudo, an artist and storyteller. Here on this podcast, you can connect with the like-hearted people one story at a time. The conversations focused on art, people, and social good. Special thanks to Prime Produce Apprentice Cooperative, Guild for Good, here in the heart of New York City. I see you, I hear you, I love you. Because we need each other more than ever, and we don't have to do it alone. So now, let's connect. In this episode, I had a conversation with New York-based actress and a podcast host, Michelle Simone Miller. We talked about asking the right question, building relationship instead of networking, and about her podcast, Mentors on Mike, creating a resource that she wished she had in entertainment industry. Here's Michelle. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Today, I am very excited, and we have Michelle Miller. She is a New York-based actress, communications coach, and a host of the podcast Mentors on the Mic. Thank you so much for being here, Michelle. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am super hyped. Um, We've known each other, or at least in the same circle, for couple of years now I think yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna venture and guess like five to six years yeah I think that's right I think one of the thing about these community and like I've known of you you've known of me but it never in a, either the one-on-one situation and like I know what you do but I really don't know you yeah I hear what you're saying I think that you know that's an interesting part about communities is that you feel close to someone because you are connected in a certain way through a group of people, but you're like, I've never actually hung out with you. Like I've never, we've never done a one-on-one where it's just us chatting. Um, unless it was like, I don't know, part of an exercise that we were doing for the community we were a part of, but in general, you know, it's like, you know, we've never hung out, but we, we know each other pretty well, I feel like, or somewhat well, you know, as well as you can be without having multiple one-on-one calls with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I'm very excited to actually get to know you more today. And you know, like there, whenever you're in the community setting, there's always few people that say, "She's real cool," and I want to get to know her or get to know this person. And you're one of them, so I'm so excited. I feel the same way about you. Oh, thanks. I love that it's mutual. Um, so this is very random, but what is a fun fact that most people don't know about you? Hmm. Um, ooh, this is interesting. There's a lot of different ways I could go about this. Um, I have double jointed thumbs, but you can't really see that because it's a podcast. I am publishing a children's book soon. I feel like not a lot of people know that about me. That's awesome. Yeah. And I did <laughs> I did go to your website and I have a question about that. So you're a professional oyster chef? Oh yeah, that's that. You know, it's funny. That's the one I normally tell people and I could not remember it. So I was like, I'll just go for the children's book thing. Yeah. I'm a professional oyster chef. So, um, years ago, like eight years ago or something, I was doing a promotional like event or something. And someone came up to me super drunk and was like, you would be great at the job that I do. And I was like, what job is that? And they're like, I shuck oysters. And I'm like, I'm Jewish. I don't even eat oysters. Like I've never really, I think I've had one oyster in my entire life. She's like, you don't have to eat them. You give them to other people. And, and you know, for some reason, oh, you know what it was? She told me how much they got paid. 
And, and that's why I followed up with her the next day. But it's a really fun job. It's, you know, you have to be trained to do it. It's not easy. Like any chef will tell you, like, you know, it gets easier. But like, I've probably shucked like a thousand oysters at this point. So, you know, I can, I can just do them really quickly. Wow. What does training look like? It involves like 50 to 100 oysters me on a rooftop or actually I wasn't on a rooftop this one because I think it was raining so we we had like some sort of uh like something on the floor to cover my boss's you know floor so it wouldn't get wet from like the juices and the particular service that I did was you, you wear a, a belt like a cool leather apron with a belt and the belt has mu- multiple small buckets so one bucket's for the oysters one bucket's for the condiments one bucket's for tissues and one bucket's for like the like garbage and stuff. And so you walk around and so you're a mobile shucking chef. So I shuck oysters for people um, and, and give it to them and then put condiments and then they can throw it out into the, the other little, 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 uh, what's it called bucket. Um, so the training is just essentially learning how to, to shuck the oysters, like the technique that's involved in, in using a knife and shucking it. Wow. I didn't even know that was a thing until I saw your resume and it's like, what is that? You're like, hello, Michelle. What I have to ask about that. Yeah, that's usually the one I'm like, tell people something they don't know about you. And it's, I usually think of that. So I'm glad you asked it. It was so cool. Thank you for sharing. See, I already know one more thing about you. So you have this amazing podcast, Mentors in the Mic. It's so amazing. But before you actually get started on this beautiful podcast, you are actress and you're just all these amazing things. And now you are soon published author. So how did you get started in the industry? Where did you start it as a child? I I did and I did. So I started as a kid doing school theater. And then in elementary school, my acting teacher chose a few of us to be on the Rosie O'Donnell show for a couple episodes. So that was really cool. That felt different. And then, you know, I went to summer camps. I went to acting schools in the city. I went to like the neighborhood playhouse for kids for a long period of time. Um, And then my next gig or real first official gig was when I was like 11 or 12. I was in an off-Broadway show. We were in like a showcase. It was like a whole year of rehearsals and you know, driving up to Brooklyn and the, the show was in downtown New York. And so that was like my first professional thing. And then again, just did school stuff for a long time. And I didn't come back to doing, I didn't come back to doing um, uh, like more professional stuff until I graduated college. So I've been acting all my life, but I don't think I really started pursuing it as a career really until I graduated college. Mm. Was it your actively chose to go back into the acting Yeah, I always knew I would. I think that like always, I just, from a very young age, I think it was like six or seven. I remember where I was in elementary school and I I had this realization. I don't remember who gave it to me or what, where it came from, what context, but I had this realization, oh, people can do this as a career. Like this is something that like I can do and make money from it one day. And I just instinctively was like, that's me. I know that's me. And I remember, I think at that age, telling my acting teacher that I was going to win an Oscar one day and thank her. And she was like, "Mm." and most people who spoke to me when I said that to them, because I said that to them for the rest of my life, like it was never a question of like, I'll be something else. It Mm. was, do I be a lawyer? Like, do I pursue law and then become an actress like right after law school, just so that I can have a law degree? Like it was never like, 
should I try something else? It was always like, it, should I do something else in addition to being a professional actor? So it was always part of my career path. And um, people kept telling me, you're going to get over it. You're going to change your mind. You're going to figure something else out. You're gonna, and I never did. And I was like, I'll show you. Um, so yeah. What was it like going back after you've already done off-Broadway show as a child actor and like starting again as an adult post-college? Yeah, the only real transition is that I did mostly theater growing up. Like I, almost entirely, except for the Rosie Donald show. Like I just did theater through uh, my sophomore year of college. And there was some sort of realization either junior or senior year where I was like, oh, I never saw myself on Broadway. Like that was never like my goal. My goal was always movies and TV. So I was like, why have I not, like I always knew I was gonna graduate college and pursue an acting career. I was like, but I am not ready because I've not been training in film and TV. I've, I've studied theater in college. Like I didn't study film. There wasn't really a good film acting. There wasn't a film acting track at all, Mm-mm. but I didn't wanna study film and not study acting. So I pursued a theater degree, a theater and English double major, but a theater degree in acting. And I was like, wait, I've not acted on camera. So then I started doing student films at college. By the time I graduated, I had somewhat of a reel that I put together um, for when I came back to New York. But I guess that was the weirdest thing. The weirdest thing was going from theater to TV and film because all of a sudden I, I had a resume, but I had nothing really under TV and film. I had only like a couple of student films that I had done. So I felt like I was really starting from scratch in a way. Like I really felt like I had no idea how to get an agent. I had no idea like how to get in front of casting directors. And all I had was this like reel and website that my uncle had put together for me. Like it was just a very, um, like I felt like I was starting from, from not from the first level, like not from ground zero, but just definitely from like level two or three. Like I still felt really like new and green. When did that started feel like, it, when did that start to shift? Uh, you didn't feel like, oh, I know this. Did it ever? <sighs> I oh, <laughs> wanted to say yesterday. No, um, I don't know. It goes back, it goes up and down, I think. Like, I think some days I think to myself, like, you know, I still feel like I'm learning so much all the time just about me and I'm growing all the time. I know that sounds so, but I really mean that. Like, and then I don't know, I think definitely after like three years, I, you know, once I had my agent, once I had maybe my first bigger film credit under my belt, um, but you know, there's just so many ups and downs. Like, I feel like sometimes, like I've been cut from projects that I've filmed and I've been cut from projects that I didn't get to film. So like, you think you're doing really well and then that happens. I booked a TV show and then my manager dropped me. So like, there's just always highs where you're thinking like, I've got this, like, I know what I'm doing. And then like other times you think to yourself, like, do I have this? Do I know what I'm doing? So it's just kind of maintaining a certain level of compassion as we were talking about earlier um, when you're going through the ups and downs. Mm. And now like especially since the last year everything has shifted so much right the way you audition the way people are producing things the way people are conscious about like how to hire what actor for what shows because of the diversity and blah 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 what has been your experience last 15 months 
Yeah, you know, the first few weeks when everything shut down, there were all these like open calls and like opportunities to self-tape. And so I actually found it to be really fun. Like I found it to be really creative. I felt like, oh my God, now I have all this time to like put myself on tape. And like, I would record monologues for like open calls and then I'd post them and people would be like, oh my God. And I was like, I realized I never post anything about my acting or I never post video clips anymore. Um, and, you know, I think, I think it was really fun. And then I had this, you know, once that died down, I was like, well, what are, you know, what are things that I can do now that I have time for it? Um, and a lot of things still felt very stable to me. Like, you know, there were a lot of things that were incredibly unstable and super anxiety producing, but in terms of what I can do, I now had like flexibility because all of my jobs, like my, my jobs where I was making money transferred actually to zoom. So Mm -hmm. I didn't really lose income that way. Now that I was making a lot, you know, in general at that time, but I was, I was making a good, like I was still making, you know, my money. So I didn't have to worry about that. I just now had all this time. So that's one of the reasons why I created my podcast. Um, I also started doing panels for the university that I graduated from, which helped inspire my podcast. So I had now all this time to like create things that I really had always wanted to do, but never gave myself time to. I love that. So I love that you started talking about the podcast and that I don't know if, if I can share, but the other day we're, what, when we were talking, um, you said you're actually thinking about starting the podcast. So I, it seems like a time, having the time to create is one of the big element. But yeah, what got you interested in, in wanting to start a podcast to begin with? So there are a couple things. A couple years before, so like four years ago, we were involved, you and I, in a community called Create. And the leaders, the heads of Create were Natalie Roy, Kristen Hange, amazing people. And I Love actually them. had the idea, I wanted them to start a podcast. I really loved what they were doing with our workshops. And I was like, how great would it be to like listen to your wisdom on the way to an audition or like when we're walking around? Now, I wasn't an avid podcast listener, so I don't really know why I was so hell bent on it, but I just felt like, I, so I helped them start it. I, I was part of the original team. I was one of the original hosts for like the first six episodes or so. Um, and, you know, then they took it off and it's, it's super wonderful and successful um, and popular. But I, since then had thought I really wanted to make my own podcast. Like that was really fun for me, that project and being part of that. And I wanted to do my own, but I really didn't have the confidence or like felt like I had the authority enough to create my own. Um, Like, I wish I could tell that girl, like, just make one. You know, the fact that it didn't occur to me to make a one about actors is crazy. Like, why didn't I just record myself talking about headshots and talking about all this? And it's funny because I've written, Mm -hmm. this is another thing people don't know about me. I've written a book um, that's about 150, maybe more pages um, about all the things I wish I learned as an actor. And it's divided into all these chapters, like marketing, uh, classes, how to get an agent or manager, like all of this stuff, all the stuff I wish I knew. I haven't done anything with it yet. I'm going to start with my children's book and then move on to that. Okay. But point being like, that's so important to me. Why didn't I create a podcast on that? But I really didn't feel like I had the authority or the confidence to create my own thing. Like I was like, well, why do I, like, why me? Why would I do it? So when I had finally the time to kind of sit back and, and go, well, what is it that I wanted to do? Podcast kept coming up for me. And uh, a friend of mine um, who had created a pretty great podcast, uh, 
herself, she sent me a book about how, how to create a podcast. And then simultaneously, I was creating these panels for Brandeis for the college that I went to, and we had to make that one virtual. And I was so excited to create this for that community. I felt like that was something that, you know, I wish that they had provided more panels with alumni who were in the entertainment industry, because that's what I would have wanted. That's what I still would want, right? Right. So I created that panel. It became virtual. And then I think the combination of seeing that that worked well with the realization that like, I could invite people that are not Brandeis people, but like, it's hard to tell everyone, hey, come to this Brandeis panel where these four alumni are talking um, and not feel weird about it. So I actually asked those people to be my first few guests for the podcast. And I took the, I took this, the idea, the topic that I wanted to pursue of that panel and I made it into a podcast. That panel became how did you start in entertainment? How did you move up in entertainment? And what advice do you have? And that's the premise of my podcast. I love that you want it. And that's why you create it. I love that you started it. And now that I mentioned, I really want to take a look at your book about all these topics. Like, It's because nobody talks about that. Really, they don't. They have a whole bunch of workshop and I feel like the expectations are you already have to have a certain level of understanding and then go and have a little bit more information. But when you're starting out, you have absolutely no idea where to begin, what to look, you don't know the language. It's like, here you go, you're in the industry, figure yourself out. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. It's very tough. And I think that that was something I felt like I was missing leaving college. And that was something that I wish my alumni, you know, community supported more and the, and the school that I went to supported more. And I just wish I had more information. Like, I just wish that, you know, I was someone who absorbed stuff. Like, I, I still get mad thinking of, like, little Michelle go in college, going to the career center and going, I want to be an actress. What are internships that I can get? Like, you know, or like, how can I introduce myself to the right people? And they were like, we can't help you figure that out. Once you have an idea of where you want to apply for or apply to, we will help you with the interview, the cover letter, your resume. We'll help you with like the technical stuff. We won't help you figure out where you need to go to get to where you want to be. And so I said to them, can you connect me with alumni who might know, like, I don't know anyone who's graduated Brandeis who could help me with this, who could guide me and where I go for the summers. You know, everyone I knew was, we were getting all these internships that helped prepare them for life. And I was like, I, or for their career and, and connect them to the right people. I didn't know that like, what would be the best internships, right? Mm. I would tell that girl, I would tell anyone who's in college, if you're interested in being an actor, you know, there's so many things you could do, but one thing you could do, especially for film and TV, I didn't want to like go to a theater company personally, but I was like, I didn't know that you could intern at an agency. I didn't know that you could intern at a casting office. I wish I knew that. I, I instead found a job at the New York Emmy Awards, which ended up being terrible. But I remember thinking that might introduce me to the right people that might help. Mm -hmm. But I had no idea that really like agencies, production companies, you know, um, casting offices are the best, best internships because you meet the right people, you learn all this information. I would have had such a leg up had I graduated college with connections, with an understanding of how my, me as an actor, how am I going to be coming into this industry? I would have way more information, way more of a head start. So that's kind of why I wanted to create the book. That's why I'm creating, you know, a podcast that gives more information to people. 
Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And I think college and institutions are completely different story. But do you think the reason that we are always we always feel like we're in unknown? Do you think because of the competitiveness of the industry, like because at the end of the day, if we're going for the same audition and only one person get it, that's could be potentially competitiveness that come from. Yes and no. Um, I think there's a truth to that. I think that that is a truth of the industry. I just don't look at it that way. I mean, and that's something I've had to train myself out of. But like, I just really don't look at it like there's a competition. I think of it not like not to say that I'm going to get all the roles, but I just don't focus on that. I try to think as much as possible. And some days it's harder than others, but I try to think as much as possible that there's enough to go around, and that I'm not directly competing with people. Like I've I've recommended auditions to friends of mine that'll be like, I'm going in for this. I think you'd also be great for this. You should talk to your agent about getting this audition, you know, or I'll hear about something that a friend of mine would get, and I would I would recommend them. So like I I don't know. I just kind of feel like. That could be it, but I, you know, I remember I reached out to a couple people when I graduated, and they were very nice to sit down with me. I didn't realize I wasn't asking the right question, so it、mm-hmm. wasn't that they weren't helping me or they were not trying to help me. And I'm, and in turn, I've mentored and and spoken to many people who are recent graduates who are trying to be actors or just people in general who want to be actors and they want some advice. I will completely. I would give my time up for that. I probably should say no more, but I don't. Like I totally feel like I want to give that to people that I, in a way that I got, in a way that I wish I got more. I think it's that people feel like they just don't know the right questions. Like I kept feeling when I met actors who were giving me advice, I'd be like, okay, well, how do I get auditions? And they'd be like, oh, here are some websites you have to pay for, but you can submit yourself for them. And I'd be like. Okay, but how do you get the auditions for TV and film? And they'll be like, "Oh, well, that you need an agent or manager for because they'll submit you." And I'm like, "Okay, well, then how do you get an agent or manager?" And they're like, "Well, you can go to these workshops and meet them, or you can have people refer you." And I'll be like, "Okay, can you refer me?" And they'd be like, "Oh, well, I don't know you." And I was so frustrated. I remember thinking they don't want to help me. I don't know if it's that they're jealous. I don't know if they're competing. I don't know whatever. No, it's that they don't know me. And it's nothing to do with like they're feeling competitive with me, or they're feeling that I'm younger than them, and like you know maybe entitled, maybe a little bit there was that, but but more it was just it was just that they don't know me. Why would they recommend me when to to their agent or manager if they don't know my work? They don't know how I act. Just because I send them a reel doesn't mean that they can go, oh great, she's she's perfect for representation. Plus, I think some people are like, "Hey, they they need to kind of work at it too." There's a little bit of paying your dues,、um, so I I think it's the, I think it's a matter of asking the right questions as opposed to feeling like someone has to introduce you to someone. It's like take these as informational sessions, take these as your absorb absorbing information, and then stay in touch with these people. And over time, they'll see how hard you work. They'll see the effort you put out. They'll see your the quality of your work when you post about it. You know, there's this one girl reached out to me. She's such a badass. Like she, you know, she works hard, and she sent. She reached out to me. She was super grateful. She supports all my stuff when I post on Instagram. She writes me great messages for my stories, and. I don't know her. Like I've never met her in real life. This is like obviously in the last fifteen months. But I think I even recommended my manager to her, but she already got one. Like she had already gotten representation. So, but I remember thinking, like, 
I've seen how hard you work. I've seen how hard you're supporting me. I, I'm supporting you too. I'm happy to introduce you to someone, but that's over time. That's like, she's doing the networking game slash like really getting to know people over a long period of time. So she's developing a huge supportive community for herself. And I think like, that's how you do it. Instead of just expecting people to introduce you to people right off the bat, they don't know you. Why would they trust you that you're going to be an amazing fit for whomever you're recommending them to, you know? I love that. That's such a beautiful distinction. And I was really listening intensely because it really is about the relationship, right? And who are you? And I think that's sometimes the word networking feels very iffy and transactional. Like I want something from you, hence I want to reach out to you versus you're a very dope person. I want to know you. I want you to get to know me. So maybe potentially we can collaborate or I can support you. Maybe, you know, I think that's how things are at least I think more people are like transitioning into that or people are more aware of that it's like oh it is about the relationship it is about supporting each other and I love that that's so beautiful yeah I mean I I teach networking workshops now as a communications coach and like it wasn't a strength of mine when I first started I remember networking and being like this is super awkward I'm very and I'm a pretty extroverted social person but that doesn't mean you're great at networking. It doesn't mean you're comfortable in a networking event. And so I'd go to certain networking events and be like, I don't know how to introduce myself. Everyone seems to be talking in a group and they seem to be getting along and I'm just standing here. You know, like it, that, that, they just don't teach you that, right? Yep. So then when I started picking up tools and learning how to do it, I started teaching it like in the last couple of years. So I do workshops and I train, you know, like, I work with private clients about networking. And, and one of the things I do, one of the things I say is make it a game. So instead of feeling like you have to leave with like, you know, with, with an introduction to someone or like a, a plan to meet them later or something that's like a really tall ask, I would say give yourself way like less stressful goals. Like introduce yourself to three people. Like, that's doable. All you have to do is introduce yourself to three people. It might not be a great interaction, but you're getting better at just introducing yourself. Another one could be give your, like once you maybe feel good about introducing yourself to people, be like, give your card, your business card or whatever contact information or Instagram or whatever you feel like is easiest. Give that information to three people in that one event. Just feel comfortable giving it to three people. You don't have to get anything out of it, but just be like, hey, you know, uh, is there a way I can contact you after this, et cetera, or here's my information, et cetera. Just make it a game. And once you do that, whatever goal you had, maybe give yourself a reward at the end of the night. So keep it as fun and playful as possible instead of stressful and like, you know, because you don't want to put that desperate energy out there anyway. Mm-mm. So I think that's kind of one of the biggest, you know, pieces of advice I would I would give to people is just give yourself realistic goals, and have as much fun as possible without getting too drunk. I love that, and it's so important. And I, when the moment you said, like I'm an extrovert, and but I'm in the situation, but I'm surrounded by all these people, and I don't know how to talk to these people. I've experienced that so many times, and. I'm really good at turning on and off the switch, but by default, I'm an introvert. So I can turn it all the way up and be super extroverted and communicative. But when those moments, my introvert and like a child me that got bullied a lot, I was like, I'm so terrified and scared and I can't talk right now. So I love that making it a game and how can I in- 
introduce myself or just introduce yourself to three people. Hi, I'm Hugo. That's, That's it. That, yeah. You're like, check. I did it. Check yourself, you know, you pat yourself on the back. That's it. That's all you need to do. Because if their response isn't super wonderful and gracious, that's not on you. That's on them. You just introduced yourself. You did your, you know, you accomplished your task, right? Thing, check. Thing, check. You can already feel it. accomplished. You can already feel a little bit more confident because you did what you came there to do. Amazing. I am very excited. And next time you're doing the workshop, let me know. I would love to. I will. Yeah. Thank you so much for offering that space. And okay, so your podcast, right? One thing that I really love about that is your guests are from all backgrounds of the industry. Some are in casting, some in producing, some are in like music producing. And I love that because we get to really learn. There is a more than acting to this industry because there is so much. Yeah. I think that that was my curiosity talking where I was like, I don't really just want it to be for actors. You know, I didn't want to just create a space for actors to learn about everything in the industry or just people that could help them with acting. You know, that there are a lot of podcasts for that. And so, and I could recommend them to people. They're great. Mine are for anyone in entertainment, anyone who feels like they want to learn about different professions. Like I, part of the reason why I also did the podcast, like another, um, source of inspiration was a friend of mine. I met, I met her at a Brandeis networking event and uh, I hadn't seen her in a long time. And she, and I was like, how's your job? How's this? She's like, actually, I'm looking for a new job. Like I'm looking to, to find a new job. And I was like, great. What are you looking for? She's like, I don't know, something in entertainment that like my skill sets would be right for. She's like, I'm kind of just looking um, at different job listings and seeing if any of them feel like they'd be fun for me. Like, I don't know. She's like, I just, I don't know what other jobs I could do. So I'm just kind of hoping I see something. And I was like, wow, that's so sad to me that like that, I mean, it, it makes so much sense. I feel like everyone's in that boat, but like, she doesn't know enough about what her skills and her job experience can give right? Like can, can, can get her, like she's in a place where like, she's the second part of that journey I was talking about. It's how you start and how you move up. So she didn't know how to move up. She was like, okay, I'm, I'm here. I don't know what the next step is because I don't know enough about the roles out there. That's kind of how I came up with also the idea of the podcast. I thought to myself, well, like, does she know about strategic research? Because I know someone who's, you know, the director of strategic research at NBC. And so she wants that I can ask her and I can put her together with that person, but she might not know that strategic research is a job. She might, I am just, I'm not trying to put her on the spot. I mean, she doesn't know I'm talking about her, but point being like, I kept feeling fascinated. Like the amount of jobs that people can get from being a PA a lot. I, I might even do a, a bonus episode of like what jobs you could get from being a PA, like a production yes, assistant, because there's so many, I mean, I, there's one guy who's a production manager. So he's the guy who like runs and hires all the department heads. Like he's the guy who makes sure that the budget happens. Everything happens. Huge guy on the thing. He started as a production assistant. And then the vice president of, of uh, co-production and development at, at Cartoon Network started as a production assistant. So like one's an executive, one's on set as a high position that's not directing or producing, which is what people kind of know all the time. Both of them be from, started from being a PA. So you think to yourself, well, those two roles exist. You People might not be aware those roles even exist, those job titles exist, but they both came from starting out as a production assistant. 
So it's like, I think that there's this, you know, there's, there's a consistency where people learn about jobs as they go. And then they kind of just settle in on a track. And I'm like, well, how much better would it be if we already knew ahead of time, all these different roles that exist. And then we can go, I want to get there. What do I do to get there? Okay. Well, let me listen to the vice president at Cartoon Network talk about how she got there. And now I can go, just go back. Okay. So I'm now a production assistant. She's there. And then she got her first job at HBO in this. So I'm looking for an entry level job in a network. And if, and most of the time, if people write to me and they're like, Hey, I really want to connect with this mentor on your, on your podcast, unless that person's giving me direct, like go ahead to not do that. Um, I almost always give their contact information to people because I want people to feel connected. I want the mentors to be an active part of my community's lives if possible. So if someone really connects and they write to me and they're like, this person's really, I've had, I've had people write to me and being like, I want to connect to this like huge producer and manager that was on my podcast. And that person's read multiple scripts from people who listen to my podcast. I mean, that's kind of the community I envisioned because I want people to feel like all of these people are their mentors too. So if there's someone they connect with, if there's someone that's like that person, you know, could help me or that person is someone I want to be, you know, my, my sister, here's an example I keep talking about. My sister, um, she's a social worker. And when she grew up, when she was growing up, she really was wanting to do something with kids. She now is a therapist for kids, but for a long time, she loves television. She loves kids and she wanted to create television for kids. And she didn't know that there were multiple jobs that existed in making that happen. In her head as a kid or growing up, she felt like in order to make television for kids, you have to write it. And she was like, I'm not really a writer. That's not my strength. That's not what I want to do. So she kind of let it go. So I, I told her to listen to that episode with the vice president from Cartoon Network. And she was like, there's a job where you, you, you can acquire already existing content and put it up on a network. She was like, that sounds amazing. Like, I didn't know this existed. Um, and she continued, she, she's now, like she's like I said, she's a therapist. So she's super happy with that gig. But, you know, maybe one day she'll be a consultant for a show, you know, where she talks about like, this works well for kids or this doesn't. I, who knows? But the fact that she now is aware that there are other jobs that exist that, you know, are related to what she wants to do. I think that is kind of what I want people to get out of this. Wow. I got super emotional at after one point, especially, man, that's someone, A, who is minority, B, woman, and an immigrant, and only have graduated high school, like hearing you talk in a way that you're talking right now, I really wish... I met someone like you along the way because that would have been a game changer that would have been a such a game changer and I hate looking for jobs because I would never get a job because I only finished high school that's at least that's the story that I've created in my head so I hate looking the job search on the Instagram because like not the Instagram the LinkedIn it doesn't make any sense for me to look in like the moment to say so and so college degree blah 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 I'm out bye and at the same time like I know myself enough to say if I know someone so and so and if I have a relationship I can get a job like that 
even whether that is an acting gig or whatever the rest of the gig. And so and the hard time for me is, is I don't understand a lot of things. So I am a I am so grateful that you're creating this for a lot of folks who are listening to this and B, I really hope and wish that not only the entertainment industry, but the whole entire world have have this mindset and attitude of everybody gets to be a mentor, everybody gets to share and support each other just because we're human, just because we're always want to create something, just because we are alive. Like so I <laughs> didn't expect this to be like mad emotional. So but thank you for holding this space for me and you're a badass and I love you you're a badass too I really I think the world of you I think you're amazing so you're you're doing amazing things and I I hope that you feel that way because you know I I look at stuff you post on LinkedIn I told you this last time and I'm like oh she's doing so much like she's doing it and like sometimes it might feel like you're not talking to anybody but I see it like I'm seeing all the work you're doing I'm seeing everything that you're putting out there and I believe that you know that's going to work that's going to happen. Thank you. Man, I'm so glad that I'm not using the the visual right now because I have sugar <laughs> from my nose and I have masks. No, you look great. You're, Thank you're you. great. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I really am grateful for that. And I, I've only listened to a handful of your episodes, but I can wait to listen to all of them. Mm. And, you know, it was so funny the other day like I I was telling you like you I feel like you got it all and you feel like like I figured it all out and we're always figuring it out and learning from each other and that's the beauty of it we're constantly evolving we're constantly changing and growing the roots uh, understanding who we are and what our hearts are and I think that's the beautiful part of this journey I agree mm-hmm. oh grounding grounding um I think that's what I learned from Kristen and Hank Natalie (laughs) yep no I I knew that you were in the like a beginning team of that but I didn't know that you pushed them to do it yeah I mean when I say push them I'll say like you know I'll I'll do I'll, I'll I'll just say that lightly only in that I mean I remember there was like a group meeting of all these people who like were passionate, kept advise, like kept asking them for stuff. And they were like, listen, we have so many things we want to do and we are only two people. So if anyone can help us do any of these dreams that we have, let me know. And mm. I right away, and I think someone else did too, both of us were like podcast, like we call podcasts, we will help you create this. And so we did some of like the background stuff, like, you know, I, and I think, you know, we all had our strengths, but we kind of, created a platform in which they could just show up and do it right mm. um and then they took it from there and they were you know they're great that way but so it's so when I say push it I mean like like we had an idea for them that they probably also had for themselves and we just supported them in creating it that's yeah. how I would call it yeah I love it and and Kristen was on my podcast mm-hmm. Tony nominated director and TV director Kristen Hange. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know about this, but the photos that you, it's on the podcast, I took them. You took them. <laughs> I should totally give you photo credit. I, I wish I asked. 
awesome. Yeah, that's so funny. I love that. So funny. I'll go back if I remember. I'll go back and and give you photo credit on that. That's great. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Woman of many talents. Hey, we all got to be multi hyphenate. And I think that's the beauty of it. Like we become multi hyphenated because we are such a curious people. And we are courageous enough to tap into those things. You know, I think that's, I think that's beautiful and wonderful. Thank you. Awesome. So I do have a one more question, but how, before I do that, how, how can people learn about your beautiful, beautiful podcast? And if there's any upcoming workshop or panel, or if they want to train you with the communication how can people find you there's so many answers to that okay so best thing right now is my instagram at michelle simone miller my podcast is available at anywhere you listen to podcasts so apple Podcasts, uh spotify google podcast Castbox, all of it so anywhere you look mentors on the mic i also am available on instagram at mentors on the mic as well twitter michelle simone m and mentors on the mic um, I'm still sort of putting together a badass website that covers all the things I want to do. Um, but I am hosting a public speaking class uh, this month, so September, starts mid September. I haven't announced it yet on Instagram, but hoping to do that today. And uh, though I already have signups, so I, I really should. Like, I really should. <laughs> this is a legit class. Like, people have already purchased it. So I have to, I have to announce it and fill it more. Um, and then the other one is going to be, I think, in November. Uh, and I'm also going to be doing monthly workshops, like uh, like I'll bring back networking. I'm going to do a storytelling intensive. And like those are going to be like Saturday workshops where I'm just going to like work with people on hand and like do breakout rooms and do presentations. And I think there's going to be a lot of presentations. We'll see. And uh, so that's the best way to find me on all those places. I love it. And I'll put all of the link in the description so you can check them out as well. And wow, this has been wonderful in a way that I could have never possibly imagined. It's always better that way. Um, So Michelle, the last question, what is a message or a call to action that you can share with the audience or the whole entire world right now? Um. I think right now I would say the message is just be compassionate for yourself. I think that compassionate yourself about everything. You know, I, I, we were just talking earlier about how hard I am on myself in general. And so I constantly feel like I'm reminding myself that like, you're doing enough. You don't need to do more. You know, we, we work so hard sometimes and sometimes we can't work as hard or sometimes, you know, we're just having a bad day or a bad week or a bad month. Like either way, it's okay. And it doesn't mean anything, especially as creatives. I feel like as artists, we create stuff and we work on stuff and then we feel bad. We're not creating enough and we're not, you know, doing enough. And there's just something like, you know, or, or people who are not creative, they're in like nine to five jobs and they're thinking, I wish I could be more creative here. I wish I could do something on the side here. So I just feel like having a bit more compassion and love for ourselves so that we can you know, do what we want to do more, but come from like a better place, you know, that kind of thing. That's kind of what I would leave people with. Amazing. What an episode. I I love it so much. Again, thank you, Michelle, for being you and being so generous with who you are in your experience. Like, honestly, thank you so much. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. I, I also, you know what? I just remembered I created a checklist 
for anyone who has to be on camera for anything, whether it's like a Zoom call or whether it's an audition or whatever it is. So I created like a really cool checklist that's like how to feel really, really prepared for any time you're going on camera and you feel like you need to feel and look your best. It's like how to be physically prepared, technically prepared and mentally prepared. And I'm giving that for free to people. I just haven't started yet. So if you want it, send me a message and I will email it to you. I love that. Reach out to Michelle. She's badass. She's dope. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Thank you. Michelle has a special storytelling intensive coming up on October 30th, Saturday. You can get a special rate by using the code YUGO50. I recently took her public speaking workshop and I cannot recommend you enough. And please listen to her podcast Mentors on Mike from major platform of your choice. And as Michelle said, be compassionate to yourself. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Love Live Life Podcast. Don't forget to visit my website, yougoislovelivelife.com and I'd love to connect you there. You can sign up to my weekly newsletter or join my Patreon community and talk more about art, people, and social good. Till next story, let's stay connected.